You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You might be thinking to yourself, the NCAA tournament is over. What in the world will I gamble on? Well, my friends, I will tell you there is plenty to gamble on. There is the Masters. There is NBA. There is MLB. And you can do it all on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code TBPN. That's the Basketball Podcast Network during signups. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at $1 million, which is a lot of money. That's code TBPN, and you can get a free shot at $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Again, TBPN, $1 million. That's all you need to know. DraftKings, go download the app today. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layups Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke, and I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian. Hi, Kyle. Uh, I mean, people were upset with you. You went camping. And I know, we, I know. We had to postpone the podcast two days. A real, a real betrayal for the yeah. listeners, but, you know. Yeah. I had to do uh, me. We're, we're, we're glad to have you back, and the listeners understand. And the thing is, our schedule is so in flux that we're never consistent with it that nobody knows our schedule so that's kind of half the battle yeah, so, so that's definitely a bad thing for running a podcast but at the same time it's a nice thing for us because <laughs> uh, yeah. we get to record whenever we want yeah it's true um well we have a great guest on i promised you guys on twitter um jeff Munichy, timberwolves and links vice president of fan experience mune how are you what's up fellas good to see you guys it's been a little bit although like i said uh, before jumping on to the podcast here, I did see in passing, we got a little wave in, Kyle, but it was nice to see you yep. as you came through the concourses, but we didn't get a chance to chat, but uh, awesome to see you guys. Really, really great to catch up. You too. Yeah, good to see you. It's like, that was like the weirdest part. Um, like, obviously, you know, like the, the the things happened last June with the Wolves, like the cuts wise. Um, and, you know, it, it's part of business, but I think the worst part about it is like, it's been like a full year before I've been able to see a lot of people. Um, so I went, I went to the game on, um, today's, so it must've been Monday night against the Kings. And it was just like, so good to see people in general. But then I have to remember that a lot of people haven't seen each other in the last year. Cause that's just like been everybody's life. Well, it's so true. You know, so, uh, Greg Vanderwald and other staffer and myself that are in the fan experience area, 
you know, we've been kind of, as we were, I guess we're considered essential to a certain point because we've been doing all the COVID testing for all the game night staff and part-time staff. And so we've been coming in the office two or three days a week, depending on game schedules and, and prepping and getting ready uh, the staff for, you know, putting on the games for us. And we can't thank them enough for all these days they're coming down here and, and testing and, and allowing us to put on the games, but it's been so lonely down here. So we're up here on the fourth floor inside Mayo Square and every once in a while, we hear a different voice, and we're like, we peek open our door, like, oh my God, there's somebody new. It's so <laughs> great to see people. And then, uh, you know, on, on the game on Monday night, when we invited fans back for the very first time, it's so great to see some additional staff members and obviously our season ticket members and our fans for the first time in quite some time. So it's good, good to get this thing back, back in gear. Did you ever think that testing, um, people for a virus in the middle of a pandemic would be part of your job description. <laughs> you know, I, I tease about that. You know, I, I'm always thinking, I know way too much about saliva. I never thought <laughs> I'd know this much about saliva. And it's one of those situations when, when you go through and, and, and hopefully I'll never have to build my resume. Hopefully I can retire here as, as a Wolfie. But um, at the same point, um, you, you, you start thinking about the different things that we've had to adjust to and, and just to prepare for games and get this ready to go for our players and keep them safe and eventually get fans back, which we did Monday night. So, yeah, saliva testing is not one of those things I went to school for. <laughs> um no, you're right. But, you know, like you said, I was at Monday night's game and obviously a good game on the court. Um, and it was, I'm glad to see like the NBA. Cause I remember the first few years when I worked for the wolves, um, they like, they it always overlapped with the national championship. They both sides never like understood the start, the wolves game or start the NBA games earlier. So people can, but like, it was good to see that the games ended at six. So for the basketball lifers out there, you were able to to watch your Wolves and then able to watch the Baylor Gonzaga game, um, but obviously a great game for the Wolves. They won. D'Angelo Russell comes back. Um, in like I want you to talk through this more than I I can, but like just being there, I was telling Julian like it felt weird in the sense that you're at like a public event again, but at the same time it felt normal because it felt really safe. There was never anybody that was you know too close to me, or there was never a situation where I felt uncomfortable. Um, you know, for, for those people that are thinking about getting tickets to a game or they, they, like just kind of testing on whether they want to come back to Target Center or maybe win, um, what is Target Center and the Timberwolves doing to make things safe for fans to, to uh, attend games? Yeah, awesome questions, and I'm glad you brought that up. You know, so, you know, earlier this year I referenced it a little bit, you know, in, in having zero fans coming down other than just essential staff that, that were in what's called our red zone, which is in and around the court. So those staff members that were allowed to come down there and work, which is going to be like MPD, it's going to be your security teams, a couple other central staff members, had a negative test two times before they were allowed in the building to work. So, you know, it was really interesting. So our fan experience area – was in charge of the game night staff and those testing protocols. And once we were done with our reporting back to the league office, we were kind of done. And so, um, you know, I've never been able to watch intros. I've never been able to watch the starting lineup. Um, you know, you usually we're out in the concourses or at the entrances, making sure everything's going smooth and, and getting our fans into the building. So we took advantage of that in a weird way and just said, well, we'll never get a chance to do this again when we get back to normal. So let's watch the national anthem and let, let's see the intros. And that was kind of fun for us. Although obviously on the flip side, we, we dearly missed our fans. So as we jump into now having fans back this last Monday, I think we feel really good about the steps and protocols we put in place 
Uh, we have a whole extensive know before you go campaign that you should have got on your on your phone uh, before you arrived. That's going to be anything from the health the health questionnaire that we ask you to fill out. Uh, it's going to be your six foot spacers that you see in every supermarket or retail store. We have those here at Target Center just to keep people separated a little bit as you enter into the building. Um, you have the sanitation or sanitization stands where you can get the get the stuff to put on your hands. Uh, we have those all all throughout the building. Uh, we've gone uh, cashless and contactless uh, when ordering food. So I don't know if you had a chance to utilize this the other night, Kyle, but um, it's pretty cool. So much like everybody's done through COVID, if you're ordering your Starbucks or a DoorDash, everything's digital. It's right off your phone. And so you can do that while you enter into the building or go watch the game for a little bit. And when you decide you wanted to have a beverage or some snacks, you order right from your seat and then your phone will ping that your order is ready to go. So you won't wait in a line uh, like you used to uh, in our concession areas. So we feel really safe. I think we have the seats spaced out. We have seat straps onto the seats that we're not utilizing for open seats. So as you looked in and amongst the crowd, I'm sure you saw the same thing. It felt safe. Um, and it was just nice to have a little bit of a vibe in there, even though it was 1,500 people. I think the players were excited, you know, and I think we as an organization were excited that uh, we don't have fake noise anymore. You know, we have real cheering and and real kind of air high fives, you know, as they're going. So that was nice to see. And we certainly welcome back all our season ticket members and fans that attended the game on Monday. So, Mune, there's the kind of uh, more technical side of like, what are you doing on to make things safe? And then there's, I feel like, also this emotional side for the fans, which is, you know, everyone's threshold for feeling safe to return is going to be a little different. Um, how are you working with, season ticket holders to kind of, you know, modify different kind of return to the Wolves games for different people's different comfort levels. Sure. And, and we understand, Julian, that there's going to be different co comfort levels. And there's going to be some that have elected to pass in the season, which we've deferred their payment for next year and without losing their spot in line per se. And, and we understand that. Um, I think the appetite to come down and see uh, Anthony Edwards and see some of the new guys and, and just see live basketball is, is pretty strong. Our, our response from our season ticket members and fans to take us up on an offer to come down and see and perhaps purchase some tickets for this year or remaining games of the year has been really strong. You know, we're doing really well from a ticket standpoint. So, uh, but with that, we understand that there are different levels. And so maybe someone says, you know, I'm dying to get down to Target Center and see the team. I just want to make sure, like, once I get in the building, like, how does that look? So we've been having a lot of these conversations that we're, we're talking about here on this podcast with our respective fans and seat members to just say, hey, we understand if, if you don't feel comfortable, um, you know, again, we can defer payment to next year. But if you do, come on down, sample it and try us out. And, and I think you'll be mildly surprised that it's going to feel pretty safe. How do you work with the communication? Because obviously this is a state to state um, and, you know, even city by city uh, decision, right? So like you're seeing the twins and, and I guess organization to organization too. Um, like the twins are doing their thing. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the fall, um, you know, with, with the NFL. But I think like in, in Major League Baseball, I think the Rangers, they're allowing 35,000 people at games. And um, I think it's insane. And then you see other arenas, um, in the NBA that had fans a little earlier than, than other arenas. I mean, is there communication of, um, I guess, you know, are people asking, okay, well, well this stadium's doing this. Why can't you do that? Cause, cause obviously it's, a, you know, you're working with, 
with um, Governor Walls and, and kind of the, the state's authority there? Yeah, I think what the leagues have done is they said, follow what your governor guidelines are in each respective state. Now, the good news is that um, we actually host, uh, we host uh, a weekly Zoom chat with all the teams and venues here in town to share ideas, best practices. You know, what are you thinking about? We, we want to try to mirror up our policies and procedures so you don't have one policy when you go to a United game or a Vikings game than you do for a Timberwolves or a Lynx game. So we're trying to mirror up a lot of those policies and procedures here in town, share best practices, share ideas. We're also doing that with the teams in and around the league on a weekly basis too uh, with the NBA. The NBA is very good at sharing ideas and we do some things on our own. Again, like I said, we are hosting uh, kind of 10 like markets uh, like we have in Minneapolis, St. Paul here and just, just talk in terms of, okay, Denver, what are you guys doing? Utah, what are you doing? Orlando, what's happening in Florida? And so, there's been some of those teams in like markets that have been ahead of us from the standpoint of fans and stands, you know, Orlando being one of them and Utah being another. And they, they've, they've put the, the, the foot on the accelerator a, a little bit and just said, you know, we're trying to advance fans as fast as we can. So that's prepped us a little bit for uh, what we've done and being one of the last teams to start accepting fans from this last Monday. So I think we've got a lot of really good ideas and different ways to look at things and do things. And on top of some of the new things that we're trying inside target center, I, I think it's going to be a good rest of the year. Uh, overall, the, the, it's been such a um, weird isn't the right word, right? Like there's so many emotions that go into the last year of, um, you know, whether it be um, COVID, you, you can dive into politics, you can dive into to so many things, um, you know, people, people, um, at, at, you know, companies that are that are laying off employees and, and everything. And, um, you know, I, I have a good pul pulse of what's going on um, with the Timberwolves and Lynx. I have lifelong friends there and um, like we're getting married in September and a good chunk of people, um, hopefully you two on this call um, <laughs> will be there. Um, so you, you like you know from from a human standpoint, obviously there's all this stuff going on and there's still work to be done. But like over the last year working for a sports team, um, what what's the vibe with 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 the organization? And as far as like you've been there forever, Mune, and like obviously there hasn't been a season like this. But like how how do you kind of look back on on what's happened over the last twelve months? Yeah, you know, it's been so strange, you know, and, and I'm coming up on 34 years here this June. And I, you, once once you always think like, okay, we've seen it all. And we always tease that, okay, one day we're going to write a book about all the stuff that's happened here. And we kind of laugh about that. I think we're long past a book. I think we have about a seven or eight year Netflix series. Easy. That, that will be a big winner if, if we decided to go that way. Uh, this year it's been so strange just because, um, obviously, we're, we don't have the face-to-face -face interaction. And you guys know from being in the organization, that's a big part of the persona of the Timberwolves and Lynx is the friendships and the camaraderie and the things that we do, not only internally, but externally as well, uh, to create those relationships and camaraderie. So it's different. Uh, obviously, many more Zoom chats. Perhaps there's some efficiencies in our day, too. Uh, perhaps we're finding out that, wait, you know, there's a lot of things we can probably get done in less meeting time, maybe more efficient meeting time. So I think there's some things that we can take away, like a lot of businesses are probably looking at, but you can't beat the face-to-face -face interaction, you know, and that's the thing I think we've all missed. We always talk about, you know, the best part about the Timberwolves and Lynx is for sure you're working in sports, but it's the relationships you have uh, and then that you keep and you, and you keep developing new relationships. But 
about people that leave the organization, we, we don't lose sight of that. I mean, we still want to do things and have friendships and go to weddings and, you know, do those type of things. And so I think that's really important. So I, I think along the way, we've been able to keep tabs through, you know, tech, social media uh, opportunities, uh, Zoom chats. Um, you know, it is weird, you know, in talking to a couple staff members uh, here the other night that worked the game on Monday, they have not been inside our offices in Mayo Square in over a year. You know, so for, for myself and a couple others, that's a little strange too, just because we have been here a little bit, just because of some of our, our responsibilities. Been lonely. It's been weird up here on the fourth floor. Like I said, every once in a while we hear a new voice. We're like, wait a minute, who was that? That's a new voice I haven't heard for a while. But I think that's the thing that we miss is just those face-to-face interactions. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned some of those efficiencies, and I think every organization, as you said, is going through that conversation of what from the pandemic era do we carry with us you know into the i know the overused expression but quote unquote new normal um and what you know what what do we go back to in terms of how it used to work i'm curious just you know as the timberwolves as an organization that's still really built around a live event um what kinds of what do those efficiencies look like for the timberwolves yeah, you, you know, so you think in terms of just just basic things like this, you know, and, and as you guys know, it's about the whole driveway to driveway experience and creating a great fan experience for everybody that comes in through those doors. And so think in terms of some of the stuff that we've done for years to greet our fans. You have a, our hype team, the action pack, out high-fiving fans and dancing with people in the entrances. And, you know, that has to at least change for the, for the short term. You know, hopefully it doesn't for the long term. Will we ever shake a hand again? I don't know. You know, Dr. Fauci says probably not, probably not a good idea. You know, we're, we're built on social interactions with high fives and handshakes and hugs. And so at least for the short term, that probably all changes a little bit. So you think of basic things that are game entertainment, the t-shirt toss. Well, will we do a t-shirt toss again? You know, that's somebody handling a t-shirt, putting it in the crunches, uh, Gatling gun to shoot them inside the stands. Will that change? Uh, obviously, the 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 interaction uh, for concessions. We're going to a digital space now, you know. So so there's now there's less handling of food. Um, you know, it's more uh, uh, different things from security standpoint. So um, we no longer want to handle bags. We have a no bag policy. So we want to get people through a little more quickly and efficiently. But then I think on the business side too, you think in terms of. You know, perhaps, you know, what a lot of people are looking at coming downtown is, you, you know, you hear Target is, is going to have half their, or I think two thirds of their employees work from home. You know, um, will we have some type of hybrid version like that as well? Uh, could that be by the department? Could that be organizationally? I guess you have to be determined, but we'll, we'll be talking about those things. But I think our normal way of doing business probably has to change uh, with the times a little bit too. And perhaps that becomes a retention tool for staff and a recruiting tool for staff as well. I'm just imagining a t-shirt cannon that sprays down every t-shirt with Lysol on its way <laughs> out up to the stands. But no, I think you're totally right. Uh, a lot of the things that we kind of took for granted um, in the arena experience just aren't there. Yeah, it, it certainly allows us to think, you know, and think of a lot of new ideas and what's more efficient ways to do it. And perhaps there there are, what's the next wave of things? And I'm certain we'll be sharing best practices with teams here in town and venues in town, along with other uh, NBA teams. We'll come up with new ideas, to, you know, as more things on the scoreboard, as more content for the scoreboard. Um, you know, what are the different ways we can engage the fan, you know, in through the concourses? You know, what are those ideas? And we're certainly thinking about those things, but we'll have a lot more to come as well. 
Yeah, I, I will say yesterday uh, or at Monday's game, it took me longer than I'd like to admit to un- to realize Red Panda wasn't actually in the arena. I was just watching the scoreboard for like two minutes, and then I looked at the court and I was like, "Oh, of course she's not here. Why would she? Where is she? Yeah, yeah. Where's Where's Red Panda? Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Well, national anthem singer, you know, has been taped. Uh, we haven't had that because nobody can access the red zone, which is the court. And so unless you negative test two times before you come to a game, it's very strict protocols to make sure that we're keeping the players healthy, which is the most important. So we've had to deviate a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it, I'd probably uh, regret if we didn't bring up um, just the the job overall. And, you know, this was last March when when everything was kind of happening. And I think late in February, there's there's a lot of stories about what a good job he's done with the team and just with the NBA is Dr. Robbie Sicca. Um, can you just talk about the leadership that he's provided um, for, cause I remember back in March, it was like, you know, he, I was texting him about things like, can I do this? I feel this way. Should I go get tested? Um, and he was just, you know, in, even in November, you know, I, I was texting him about stuff like, can, can you just explain the leadership that he's brought to the team and just, uh, you know, kind of made everybody a little more aware of what we're dealing with? Sure. You know, obviously we, we have an incredible resource in Robbie uh, in regards to COVID protocols and amongst all the other things that he does from a performance standpoint. Um, but you're right, Kyle, you know, uh, early on, I, I remember, uh, you know, some staff meetings and him him talking about, hey, you know, the, there there is a virus coming. And, you know, if an NBA player was to get this, it could shut down the season. And we're like, what? You know, really? You know, well, this isn't going to happen here. And sure enough, you know, a couple weeks later, we're in a conference room up here right next to my office. And he said, look, you know, this thing is starting to creep its way uh, into, into the United States here. And, you know, and we have to be prepared. And, and you know, you're kind of thinking, yeah, okay. You know, so maybe it shuts it down for a week or two. You know, but even when we got the word, um, you know, when Gobert uh, ended up testing positive and it shut down the league, you're kind of like, well, I mean, it's really not going to last that long, is it? You know, and so Robbie has really guided us through from a standpoint of not only the protocols, but just just being smart about what we do and what we don't do. The testing, the testing processes are, are some things that he's instituted here that that we fulfill. Um, that, that Greg Vanderwalt and myself fulfill on behalf of the team under kind of Robbie's Robbie's guidance, and so. I, I think the league looks at him as an incredible resource as well. And so uh, we, we feel really in tune with, you know, where this thing has gone nationally, that we have inside information here first so we can get on top of it before before there does become a big problem. Yeah, I agree. I think he's such a huge benefit for any team to have someone like him. Um, okay, let's get into some fun stuff. Um, obviously, having fans back at Target Center is fun. But um, Mune, you're a huge TV show guy. Um, that's if, if, if anybody wants to know a few things about Moon, he is the nicest human alive. He's worked for the Timberwolves forever and he's watched every TV show that you've ever heard of. Um, Mune, over the last month or so, what are shows that you're watching? What do people need to watch? I love this topic. Uh, it's been a big topic of the, of the last week here. In fact, I was on the golf course on Saturday, and then we, we had a, we had about a half-hour discussion about this. So the first way I'm going to phrase this, you don't have to answer right now, but just think about it. What were your COVID binges? I'll tell you what mine were. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rate them as Last Dance. I'm going to rate, I'm going to go uh, Bosch, which is on Amazon Prime, which is one of the shows I want to talk to you about, Bosch. And then I'd probably go Cobra Kai was my number three. And then another Amazon show I just absolutely love. It's only one year, zero, zero, zero. 
uh, which is an incredible show. Um, so I would say the two shows I'm, I, I just finished, um, Bosch on Amazon Prime is incredible. If, if there's any fans of The Wire, and The Wire is my favorite show of all time, it's got a little Wire feel to it. In fact, three, three of the, the actors uh, from The Wire are actually in Bosch in different roles. So that's kind of cool. Okay, that's um, good. Zero, zero, zero is gritty and kind of nasty and tough, mm. but uh, that is a good one on Amazon. Um, I just started, based on a recommendation from a couple of my buddies over the Twins, Get Shorty on Amazon. So I'm one episode in and I like what I see. I like what I see there. Uh, so so those are the two I've finished and then that's one I'm just starting. So that's kind of my last month here. Okay. Uh, what do you got? Uh, so I guess what I've been watching since I was, dude, I was just going to say since me and we, we've talked, uh, you got me out of the wire. Um, well, along with the rest of America, but I, I, I started the wire and it feels like it was 10 years ago, but it was last March when I started and yeah. I finished it. Um, so that was like nice. my, my first show game of Thrones. I finished, um, and started during the pandemic. Um, and then I'm currently watching, I've watched a bunch of shows throughout there, but I'm currently watching the sinner, which originally was on USA. Um, and now it's on Netflix, basically murder mystery, three seasons. Um, it's okay. You know, it's, it's like, it's, it's a good show. I think it's like 45 minutes per episode, 10 episodes. Um, so that's, that's like my show right now. I like it. I, I did see season one of the center. Uh, I didn't follow up in season two. So that's interesting that you say it's gotten to season three. Uh, so that might be one I have to jump back in. Yeah. None of the seasons are related, which is nice. Oh, gotcha. so okay. same, same, same detective. Um, and they kind of like intertwine the, the, his world. But uh, you don't need to watch season one to watch season three. Um, so that's it's similar to like True Detective, I guess, just with uh, you know the same detective. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I know, I know when uh, you started watching The Wire, you and I were texting back and forth. Yeah. And, and I think I said, "Text me when you meet Omar." And I thought, season, halfway through season three, through halfway through season four, is the best ten episodes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah I think I'd agree. Um, I I really like that arc. That's a really good chunk of the yeah. Line. So, so if so, you guys as fans of the wire, so in Bosch, uh, you'll see Ziggy, you'll see Marlo, Daniels plays a similar role. So, huh. uh, highly recommend Bosch, nice. Julian. What, what have you been crushing? Well, uh, throughout COVID, I've crushed a lot of Top Chef. Um, I've gotten really into cooking during the pandemic too. And I watched, I think every season of top chef, um, which I, you know, as far as competition shows go, that's the top of my, that's the top of the top for me. Um, favorite drama show I watched was the flight attendant. Oh, I, I saw both of you would, yeah. I think both of you would like it. That's a good yeah, show, so yeah. I really oh. loved that. Um, and then I watched Lupin on Netflix. I thought that was pretty good. It's in French, but it's really good. Uh, what else? I don't know. I watched WandaVision. I liked WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision's uh, good. Yeah, it's tough. I'm I'm now struggling to think back towards the beginning of the pandemic. It's like, what was what was I watching? You know, like it was so long ago. Like any other year, you would ask me, "What were you watching a year ago?" I would not be able to tell you. But you know, it's so weird. Well, you know, think, yeah. you think about it. Tiger King kind of let it off, right? Well, yeah, Tiger, Tiger King. King. Dance were kind of the big. two. That was like the beginning. First of the jumping pandemic. into COVID. Yeah, yeah. And we, we all thought it was like Tiger King was funny, and then you kind of like watch it and you look back and you're like, oh, kind of sad and dark. Like now, for sure, you, very you dark. Yeah. Um, Mune, one more topic that we talk about on uh, quite frequently here um, is sports cards. 
and, and memorabilia and just kind of how the hobby has taken off and um, whatever. I, I saw you not too long ago and we talked about how you might have had a sports card collection that could be worth um, quite a bit, but it's like, I think you and so many other people probably like sold off some really good cards back in like whatever, you know, um, and now you look back at what those could be worth. Can you tell the listeners maybe some of the cards that you sold and, and what they could be worth, or have you not even like looked up what they could be worth? Cause you don't want to depress yourself. So Kyle, you know, with you getting married in September, you'll appreciate this. So uh, coming out of college, I was about a year out of school and I wanted to get engaged to my now wife, Julie. Uh, so, you know, like everybody coming out of school, you know, you don't have a nickel. And so, but what I did have is I had hundreds of thousands of cards and I, I shouldn't say hundreds of thousands, many thousands of cards. We'll, we'll just call it probably 30 or 40,000 cards. So this is, this is about two years prior to the cards really taking off. So I'm just sitting there thinking, man, I'm lugging these things all over. I got, you know, 25 shoe boxes full of cards and, and, you know, what am I going to do with them? So I started to think, you know, maybe there were something so I could sell them. So I found a car dealer here. I can't, I can't even remember the name of the car dealership. It was over by the electric fetus in downtown Minneapolis. And there's a car shop over there. I just kind of looked it up. Uh, in the yellow pages probably back then you didn't have phones. Um, so I brought the cards in and I'm sure the guy uh, had to be laughing because I, I'm sure I got taken to the cleaners, but uh, at the time I think I got $2,500 uh, for the cards, which I'm thinking, Oh my God, you know, I don't have a nickel. That's enough to buy a ring. <laughs> so, uh, so now everybody knows what, what the ring costs for Julie, you know, back in the day. So, um, so it's kind of interesting, but I sold the cards, was able to afford to buy a ring, got the ring for Julie. And, you know, here we sit, you know, many, many years later, still married. So, but in there I had, I started collecting cards. So I was born in 1964. I started collecting cards when I was six or seven years old. So think about that. Think about the seventies and the eighties. This mm. is baseball cards, basketball cards, football cards, hockey cards. I had them all. And so in there, I mean, he, he basically name a player. I had them. So it's kind of interesting is that, you know, I, I stopped collecting cards after I sold, sold them. But when our son Ty was born in 1991, I started collecting again, you know, kind of on his behalf. I'm thinking, well, you know, I'll, I'll grab some cards here and there and you know, see, where, see where it takes off. So I started seeing some of your posts. And then Dave Benz, one of our broadcasters, of course, is really into cards just like you are. So I started kind of looking through, I, I, I probably got, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand cards now. So based on what you and I were texting back and forth, we're going on social media, I had some of those cards. <laughs> so I brought them into Dave Benz and Dave Benz is getting them graded for me. So I think I have five or six cards that are probably worth a couple hundred bucks. I, I have the Menendez brothers in, in the courtside seat. Uh, you know, I have the, I have the, uh, Jordan number 11 uh, jersey and the Sam Vincent card. Uh, I got a couple Jordan cards that are really good. Uh, you know, so so I think I got a couple at least that are worth worth a couple coins. So I'm going to hang on to them. Yeah, that's fun. I was talking to Marnie Gellner too, and she was talking about how her son uh, follows me on Twitter and was kind of, and, and he got a Luka Doncic rookie graded and it came back as an eight and he was oh. really, really upset with himself. And he said he shouldn't have handled it like he did or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that's, you know, it's, he's 13 years old or whatever. It's like part of being a kid. Um, so cool. Well, I've been following all your stuff on Top Shot too. 
And I've talked to Jim Pete about it and, and, you know, Jim's involved. I know you're involved and I haven't quite figured it out yet. I'm not even sure. I, I kind of get it, but I don't really get it, but it's amazing. Yeah. Julian's a big top shot guy too. Um, oh, gotcha. It's, uh, yeah, I, I still don't really, I still can't fully grasp it. And it seems like the market is like dap, like, I mean, we'll, we'll make this quick because because we're running out of time here. But Dapper has so much money that they just, you know, got from, um, you know, from funding. But does that necessarily mean more money for individual moments or just more money across the whole brand? Um, and I probably tend to, to think it's probably the latter. But um, it's been fun. Um, it's it's like I think, you know, throughout the, the last year of people being able to go through their collections, it's certainly been a huge boost for the sports memorabilia world. But um well, Mune, uh, we appreciate it, man. Um, you're the best. You know that. Um, and, uh, you know, as we get more home games and more games at Target Center with more fans, um, we wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. No, thanks so much. Great to see you both. And, uh, you know, I always look forward to chatting a little bit. You know, hopefully we can chat a little bit more live in person next time. Totally, yeah. But, uh, thanks so much for having me on. Good to, good to chat with you guys, and we'll chat at you soon. Thanks All right. for stopping by. Take care. See you guys. See ya. It feels right.